So uh, when I was a kid, uh, one of my favorite things to do during the summertime uh, was uh, always looking forward to a family vacation. Uh, we, I, I'm uh, number five of six kids, so early on family vacation meant loading into uh, the, um, the station wagon that looked a lot like uh, Clark Griswold uh, driving his uh, station wagon. But we would uh, jump into the vehicle. Me and my little brother, uh, we were number five and six, so we were always stuck in the very, very back, looking the other way kind of thing. Some of you know exactly what that's like. But we would head off and ride uh, south uh, to Florida. Now, as a kid, all I had to do was jump into the vehicle and uh, just uh, go along for the ride. Didn't need to worry about uh, how do we get there. Didn't need to worry about uh, managing some of the delays on the road, whatever. But I tell you what, as an adult, I understand that uh, it's a whole lot trickier to get someplace than just to jump in and go for the ride. I'm learning not only in terms of navigating the roads, like if I want to go somewhere, is that also in life, it, it appears as if, um, the older we get, we have to pay a little bit more attention uh, to, to what's going on around us because sometimes it feels like we don't know which direction to go. You know, we're in this series about the exodus, the story of a God who saves. And the, um, the uh, Israelite people have been in the land of Egypt for 400 years as slaves. And uh, they really have um, lost sense of identity. They're not 100% sure who they are. They're not 100% sure of uh, what their destination is. They recall a promise made to their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that they were going to inherit a promised land, that they were going to return to being a great people. But, man, after 400 years... Generation after generation after generation, those stories start to lose a little bit of their luster. You start to have more and more doubt. And I'm guessing that just like today, uh, the, the younger generation starts to think, ah, I don't think that they really knew what they were doing. And uh, there's skepticism, and, and you kind of just settle in. The same thing happens in our lives. Unfortunately, there are times in my life where we're faced with a, a situation. Maybe it's a health situation. Maybe it's a, someone is a struggling with their employment. Maybe uh, finances are hard. Whatever it might be, and you're recognizing, man, I don't know which way to turn. You're starting to feel as if, like, is our relationship, is our marriage really going to survive we start to feel as if, like, we're just going to settle in, and, and really we start to lose hope. Well, what I want us to see through this series about the Exodus is that the Israelite people experienced many of the same things you and I experience, that we did know exactly where to go, uh, but the Israelites were learning who to trust. And sometimes in our life, we need to learn who to trust. Uh, and because if we trust the wrong source, uh, we'll forever stay off the path. But God wants something for his children, for you and I, for all of his creation. And that is to be reunited with him. 
And so in this series, what we're doing is we're learning about how God redeems his people back to him. How he makes a way when it appears as if there really is no way. That his love pours out in such a way that they can continue to have hope. Because there are some times in our life where we start to feel as if there is no way. That there is no way that we're going to experience victory. That only defeat is imminent. We get worn out. We get stressed out. And we got nothing left. But I want you to know that God has called us to be his people. And for that reason, we have more than just hope. We have a promise of this new life. The problem is, is that we don't know how to navigate the difficult, navigate the difficult journeys sometimes. And so this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to look at probably the most, uh, I don't know, well-known or at least uh, one of the best-known stories of all of Scripture. It's the crossing of the Red Sea. And whether or not we're familiar with all of the details that led up to the crossing of the Red Sea, or even the wandering in the desert for 40 years, chances are we are remotely familiar with the Red Sea account. So far, what we've seen from the Israelites through our series is that they've been suffering for over 400 years But thankfully, God heard them, and he was aware of their suffering. And so God responds, and he has this encounter with Moses at a burning bush, and there's a conversation that takes place, and and God calls Moses into his service. Moses travels back to the land of Egypt, and he confronts Pharaoh and says that the Lord has said, let my people go. But like many, like many of us, Pharaoh resists the Lord's instruction, and his humility uh, is not to be found, and his arrogance rises, and so the Lord has to show uh, his sovereign power. Shows up in a form of ten plagues. Chances are you're familiar with some of them. If you're not, go back and look the last two weeks of our messages and just see how these plagues kind of just destroyed the land how there was such incredible loss of life. And, and in that moment, at the last plague, where it's the death of the firstborn, Pharaoh and all of the Egyptians lose uh, their firstborn. They experience loss of life. And in his anger, Pharaoh cast the Israelites out in the middle of the night. They start their journey. And, and as they start to travel... We're going to pick up the story in Exodus chapter 14 this morning. If you've got your Bible, grab it with me and, and open it up to the 14th chapter of Exodus. If you're using our app, and I want to encourage you, we've got the, got the passage open already for you. But as we read through Exodus chapter 14 today, we're going to see a couple of different elements that is going to give us some hope that probably we also can identify with. Beginning in verse 1, here is what we see. So then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi-haroth, between Migdal and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea, directly opposite Baal-Zephon. Pharaoh will think, the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart. 
and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. If you read Exodus 7 through 12, there's a phrase just in this verse right here that should remind you that there are many things that the Lord is doing in this story so that everyone else will know that he is the Lord. There are times in our life where we're not 100% sure of why things are happening, but if we'll just keep our eyes open, we'll see that the Lord wants us to see that he is the Lord. And he's the one that will get the glory through it all. So God directs the Israelites to head back a little bit to where they came from and set up camp right in front of the Red Sea. Now, ever since they left Egypt in the middle of the night, we know that the Lord has been leading their way. He's been doing it through a pillar of cloud by day or a, a, a pillar of fire at night. He's always directing them along the path and where they should go. And in fact, for just a little bit of fun later today, or if you want to right now, flip back to chapter 13 and verse 17, and you'll see that the Lord actually directs the Israelites to go the long way for a specific reason. The Lord's not interested in the shortcut. Instead, he tells them and leads them a long way on their journey. And sure enough, Pharaoh gets word that the Israelites are acting as if they don't know what they're doing. They're lost. They have no idea where they want to go. And in that conversation, as the Lord hardens Pharaoh's heart, Pharaoh looks at all of his officials and says, what were we thinking? Who's going to do all the work? And so Pharaoh orders that all of the horses be saddled up, grab a hold of the chariots, Get the army together, and let's go get them. And so they start off in hot pursuit, and they're chasing after the Israelites. We pick up the story in verse 10, and here is what we see. It says, as Pharaoh approached the Israelites, or excuse me, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Imagine with me here, the Israelites, they're finally free, broken away. But as soon as the first sign of opposition, the first sign of trouble, the first sign of real challenge in front of them, and they panic. Pharaoh is coming their way. And they see that the Pharaoh is approaching. He's got vengeance in his eyes. They know what the future holds for them because they just came out of terrible oppression. But yet there's the Red Sea right there in front of them. So what are they going to do? The people of Israel, they were stuck. They're stuck and they can't go forward because the sea is there. 
They can't go backward because Pharaoh's army is there. And obviously, they can't stay right where they are. They're frustrated by their circumstances. They're paralyzed by a sense of hopelessness, and they're fearful of the outcome. If you've ever been there in your life, that's, or maybe that's where you find yourself today, I want you to know something so important for every one of us, is that the Lord's way is rarely the easy way. The Lord's way is rarely the easy way. Now, I'm not saying that God wants your life to be difficult. He's not responsible for the messes that I find myself in. But let's face it, I'm pretty good at creating them all on my own. The Lord's way out of the difficult circumstance is rarely the easy way. And that just kind of sucks because, let's face it, every one of us wants the easy way. We're looking for the easy answer. We want better pay because that's easier than better discipline. Avoidance is so much easier than confrontation. Defending is easier than humility. Control is easier than trusting. We all want the easy way. But the Lord's way is rarely the easy way. Thankfully, the follower of Jesus can rely on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us a way that we can trust in, especially when there's no way around the difficult circumstance in our life, no way over it, no way under it, that when the only way that we have to go is to go through it. The Lord's way is rarely the easy way. And I know that's not what you want to hear. It's not what the Israelites wanted to hear either. But Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance that the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. It's just, when we think about this idea of being still, uh, we struggle with it, don't we? I mean, it's, it's not just toddlers who are constantly on the go. Without a show of hands, who would describe this past week as busy? A lot of us would. We're not good at being still, are we? Sure, we can blame our kids for all the busyness in our life, but the first sign of inactivity makes me feel lazy and nonproductive. I'm looking for something to do. And the same philosophy is applied to dealing with the Red Seas in our life, these difficult circumstances. Because we obsess, what can I do to change the situation? How can I force a solution? It, it, is it possible that I can do something so that we don't stay stuck right where we are? But when we can't do anything about a situation, too often we feel as if we might as well give up. And the psalmist tells us, I love this verse, Psalm 46, 10, it says, Be still 
and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. It's the same words that God says back in Exodus chapter 14. As you think about being still and the challenge that we have with that, may we trust that the Lord is aware. On my, de- on my desk in my office, there is this glass plaque that's right on the edge of the desk. And etched there in the glass are the words of this verse, to be still and know that he is God. Uh, I have that there because, uh, number one, someone gave it to me. They knew that I needed that verse in my life. But as every day as I see those words, I'm reminded that uh, there are so many things that I have no control over. Uh, And that's hard for me to admit. That's hard for me to live with because I want things to be moving. Uh, Maybe I'd be more still if God would move a little bit faster. Can you relate? I mean, come on, God. We've got things to do. Uh, Something's got to change here. But learning to believe that all things are possible with God is so hard when we forget who our God is. He promises that he will fight for us. In the very next verse, we read that, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. I don't know if you've thought about this, but there's likely two to three million people who are standing on the banks of the Red Sea in this moment. And it's not just two to three million people who were there who passed through the sea on dry ground, but all of their possessions are with them, including their flocks and their herds. I mean, this is quite a crowd. They're all there. They're all assembled. Uh, And they're listening to instruction. That right there blows my mind to think that two to three million people are, are listening to the same instruction and taking the same course of action. Uh, But the Lord leads and directs and guides them. And he shows them the way. You see, the Israelites, they only saw defeat. I mean, surely there was no hope. I mean, here comes Pharaoh's army. There's this huge body of water in front of them. Then all of a sudden, the Lord speaks to Moses, and Moses stretches out his hand with the staff in in his hand over the water. And the Lord moves. What I want us to see is that impossible is where God starts. Miracles are what God does. There are times in your life where you feel as if there is no hope, that defeat is imminent. You're not sure that there's any path forward, but that's exactly where God is going to show you his power. You see, miracles are what God does. He still does them today. And as we trust in a Lord who can deliver us and show us the way, and he is inviting us to participate in his plan instead of us inviting him to participate in our plan. It's a real challenge for us to see 
that God knows the way. Because we often feel overwhelmed. And when we feel overwhelmed, we're ready to give up. uh, And it's very, very hard for us to hold our head up high and trust in the Lord. But remember, his way may not be easy. However, he has promised to be with you all the way. In Exodus chapter 14, jumping down to verse 26, we see that then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. See, what happens is all of the people and all of their belongings and all their flocks and their herds, they pass over on dry land to the other side of the Red Sea and the Lord continues to be at work. Moses stretches out his hand one more time. As he stretched out his hand, the water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea, and not one of them survived. What I love about God showing us his power is that the Israelites didn't have to fight their oppressors. They didn't have to come up with their own plan. The Lord instead fought on their behalf. And in verse 30, it says that that day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Have you put your trust in God? I mean, you you have times in your life where you want to believe that God will move on your behalf. There are those times in your life where you want to believe that God is aware of your suffering. I want you to see that God knows the way. And even though his way may not be the easy way, the Lord will always provide a deliverance for his people. You can know that the Lord is with you now, and he will be with you for all of your life. This story about the Red Sea, this event that takes place, what it shows us is that the Lord can make a way where there is no way. They got there to the bank of the sea. They saw the enemy approaching, and they felt as if defeat was imminent. They thought for sure that they were going to die. But the Lord shows them through it all that he makes a way where there is no way. You see, when you encounter those situations in life where you're frustrated by the circumstances and everything seems hopeless, trust in the Lord. He has made a way. You see, the story of the crossing of the Red Sea is the same story that we inherit at our baptism. God calls us into the waters when we hear of Jesus' death and resurrection. And we emerge from the waters celebrating the new life that we have in Christ. In the Old Testament, we read here in the 
book of Exodus about the Israelites coming out of a land of slavery. And then all of the authors of the Old Testament as well as the New Testament refer back to this story as they pass from a land of slavery into a life of freedom. When they move from this sense of hopelessness into this sense of nothing but hope. It's portrayed over and over again uh, throughout scriptures for us to look and to see that God delivers his people. That where there is the defeat without him, there is victory with him. And the same is for you and I today. When our former life and the forces of sin that grips us, uh, we recognize that only God can make a way. He's the one that washes us clean as we step into this new journey with him through a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, you and I, we can't save ourselves. But the blood of Jesus made a way for us back to our Heavenly Father. Just like the blood of the Lamb last week set free that nation of Israel so that they can experience the hope that God wants them to experience. You and I have the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus that covers our sins. You can trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you can do that today. You see, whenever the Red Sea moments appear in your life, you can know that the Holy Spirit will lead you, and that's my hope for you. My hope is that you will let Jesus fight your your battle, and he will deliver you. Next week, we're going to have Baptism Sunday. And it's incredible that when we have moments like this for us to recognize that an opportunity exists for us to respond in a way that we declare, you know what, I'm letting the Lord fight my battles. I'm letting what it is that Jesus did on the cross be more than enough for me. His grace is sufficient And you can choose to not only follow Jesus today, but you can follow him for the rest of your life. And then he can give to you this restored hope, uh, this relationship with our Heavenly Father. And and next week, we want to just provide that opportunity that maybe you've been holding on, maybe you've been unwilling to let go and let God lead. Uh, And maybe next Sunday will be the chance the opportunity for you to say, you know what, I'm going to let him lead where I feel as if, like, I can't come up with the answers. Because newsflash, you can't come up with the answers. Only Jesus can. And he's done that on your behalf. Uh, My prayer is is that that you will see that the Lord has fought your battle. And and if you're willing to follow him, uh, he'll take you into the land of freedom and of new life. I want to pray with me. You know, Father, we are thankful, thankful for your love and your mercy, for your grace that's extended uh, through Jesus Christ. Lord, we're grateful for an opportunity to be uh, called your children. Pray, Father, that we would uh, walk uh, in a spirit of humility, uh, a spirit of power, a spirit of love, a spirit of dependence on you. God, thank you for what it is that Jesus did on our behalf so that we might be set free. God, as there's someone here today, I pray, Lord, that 
they would see that they, that they have hope because of what it is that you uh, have done. Lord, I pray that they would uh, recognize that you fought their battle, that they would just submit and let you um, cover their life. All of these things we pray in your son's name. We, we just ask all this in Jesus Christ. Amen.